I'm Cindy Mercer, and welcome to our program, Critically Speaking, where we are talking with Jim Hammer, author of the book, Victory Over a Critical Spirit. Welcome to the program, Jim. Hi, Cindy. It's nice to be here with you and with our listeners. Yes, absolutely. Jim, you and I have had several discussions, and we have been talking over um, some previous episodes. We've been talking a lot about a critical spirit. We've been talking about our critical spirit and how it we, we see it in others. And we've been talking a lot about that. But, you know, there are people that are even really critical to the point they've even suggested or brought up the fact that Jesus was critical. How do you respond to that, Jim? Is that valid? Well, it's kind of valid because Jesus did rebuke the religious leaders, the woes to the Pharisees. But we have to remember, Jesus didn't criticize like we, like we do. Jesus criticized with a broken heart, tears in his voice, that he was wanting to bring them to a repentance for their actions. And he knew that, uh, their very being from the time they were born to present time that uh, he was uh, speaking with them. We don't know any of that. When we criticize, we criticize with uh, malice in our heart. And, uh, and we kind of Christianize it too. We will uh, criticize somebody and, and then we'll tell them, well, uh, you know, I'll be praying for you. Mm. When we gossip, we will then um, spread this, whatever, this tale. And then uh, we Christianize it and say, you know, we need to pray for that person. Where we should have been just praying to begin with and not spreading the uh, situation any further. So, uh, so we don't do it like Jesus. And, and what we have to remember also is that Jesus was willing to die for those he criticized. Yes. And I don't want to say criticized, those that he rebuked. Right. And, uh, and we are not willing to do that. We're willing to criticize and rebuke somebody, but we're not willing to die for them. Yeah, you even bring up in your book that you said that, you know, not only was he willing to die for them, shed his blood, that he was willing to even give up heaven itself for the entire human race. Yes. You know, so, I, I just can't wrap my mind around that. No, I can't either. Because, I mean, we can agree that, yes, I mean, Jesus was, he was, um, how can we put this? I mean, he was basically constantly mocked he was you know people were finding fault with him constantly and how did he respond always in a loving tender way and and what we just shared about uh his rebuke of the religious leaders that basically came the last week of his life uh the other uh five months and and three weeks or i'm sorry the last um three and a half years five months and three weeks was shared with uh, healing and and teaching and, and uh, just guiding the people. Had a burden for them. But most people that want to criticize will focus on that last week of Christ's life and forget that he was just within a matter of days going to be their Lamb of God sacrificed for them. Jim, I want to discuss something I think that's really important. Um, because it really, we get to the point where we find within the church, within our own families, we're just fault finding. But I want you to, 
talk to us about how, you know, when Jesus was brought to the judgment hall of Pilate mm. and they wanted him crucified. Yes. Share with us how a little bit about that, because where the condemnation came from and relate it to today, how that's happening even within our church. Pilate was, Pilate and his wife, matter of fact, were the only ones that uh, stood up to actually defend Christ. Here they were Gentiles. Didn't uh, really have any, I, I don't know if they didn't have any uh, spiritual inklings, but uh, they surely weren't Jews. But they, Paul, uh, Pilate said more than once, I find no fault in this man. Mm. Uh, too bad he didn't have the inner strength to follow his convictions. But uh, the condemnation came from the within the church. So within the church, they were condemning Christ. Outside the church, uh, Pilate and his wife were trying to defend him. So then we see it today in the churches that most of uh, the criticism comes from within the church of each other. Yeah. And isn't that the way the enemy would want it? Absolutely. Especially of our pastors and our, our leaders, that we sit back and just want to tear them down. And that's what the enemy would expect us to do. That's what he wants us to do. And he encourages us to do it. But again, it's our decision. We can bridle, bridle our tongue, like James says, or we can just talk away and, and, and destroy somebody. We have to, and I like this terminology, put your mind in gear before you open your mouth. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes we have nice. a hard time doing that. And the Lord yes, is, we do. is teaching me that, too. Now, Jim, what about, what about the person that says, well, don't we need to address known sin within the church? Shouldn't we line these people out? How would you respond to that? Well, that's correct. Any known sin that goes on and on. And I was in two disfellowship meetings, and both of them were, were adulterous situations. And this just uh, boggled my mind how somebody could think like this, but uh, that both of these situations... When we, when we addressed it and we had prayed about it and, and talked to them and tried to encourage them to go in the direction that the Lord would want them to, both situations, the couple said, well, we prayed about this and this is what the Lord wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just can't understand somebody committing known sin constantly and thinking that's what the Lord wants them to do. That's how deceived we can be. Yes. You know, in Matthew 24, before Christ even answered his disciples, the question was, what's going to be the signs of your coming? Before he even answered that, he said, be careful that you're not deceived. And he said that four times in that chapter. So he knows that we have a wily foe who will do everything to deceive us. But as we are drawn closer and closer to the Lord, those... Uh, things that will try to deceive us will just fall by the wayside. Jim, we've all heard a familiar statement, and it says that we love the sinner, but we don't like the sin. And so when we look at these situations where known sin is happening, we don't want to have that condemning heart. We want to have um, 
the attitude of Christ. We want to we want to really love that sinner and and continue to pray for them because because really um, who are we to judge? And often that's what we do. We just sit there and again we set it up like we want it, how it should work out in in our way. But with these with these these situations of the known sin, we we certainly. There's enough criticism going on. We certainly need to to reach out with a burdened heart, like Jesus. You know, I, I mentioned these uh, two couples that were, uh, you know, committing adultery and didn't think nothing wrong with it. The one couple moved out of the state, but uh, the other couple remained close uh, close by. And I was able to talk to the the man involved at different times and. Just asked him, uh, you know, have you made this right with the Lord? And because uh, I'm concerned about his salvation, it's a salvation issue. And and he still, even years later, did not see anything wrong with um, what he had uh, had done. But before he died, you know, we're still in communication with his his wife now. They they married, and but before his die, he died. His wife uh, told us that. He did request to be rebaptized, although he was bedridden, he couldn't be. But, but uh, that gave me hope that I'm going to see him in the kingdom. That he did Amen. make everything right with the Lord, and and that's Amen. why we have to have a, a burden for people's salvation. You know, when we look at somebody, uh, not uh, you know, and as we look at them through the eyes of Christ, you know, we look at them altogether different. In Matthew uh, chapter six, verses. 22 and 23 talks about the lamp uh, our, our lamp is is the eye our eye as we um, as we look at things and if if our eye is good looking for the good and the positive that's how we will relate but if our eye is evil and we're on uh, this verse 23 uh, if our eye is evil then we will be looking at the negative and the fault finding things so it's up to us you know what type of a attitude do we want to have? Do we want to have positive attitude or negative attitude? Do we want to look Amen. at the positive in people or do we want to look at the negative? It's our choice. Yes, and I think you say it very well in your book because Jesus is the light of the world, Jim. And and what's our what's our goal? We want to let His love and light flow through us to others, and. You mention and you talk about the fact that Jesus was inconvenienced every step of the way. But what did he do, even though he was inconvenienced? He kept going forward. You know, when people tell me, you know, Jim, I'm not comfortable doing this, or, uh, you know, I'm inconvenienced if I do that. You know, I just remind them that Jesus was not comfortable hanging on the cross either. He was inconvenienced, (laughs) but he did it for us. And, uh, in fact, I... Mention that every time this one president's wife, uh, uh, conference president's wife would mention something, I'd say, you know, Jesus wasn't comfortable either when he was hanging on the cross. And she said, I know you keep telling me that. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you keep telling us that, Jim. And, uh, you know, we really do want to represent Jesus every single step of the way. Yes. And, you know, I, I like this uh, quote. From Desire of Ages, says every pang that was that rent his heart 
Every insult that was heaped upon his head was open to his view before he laid aside his royal uh, robe and uh, stepped down from the throne to clothe his divinity with humanity. The path from the manger to Calvary was before his eyes. He knew it all, and he said, Lo, I come. Just mm. powerful. You know, that Jesus, seeing all of that, knew what he was going to go through. He says, I'm going, going to get my people. Amen. Jim, as we get ready to come to a close today, I hope that we can encourage our listeners and let them know that that yes, there are going to be situations where there's going to be some disharmony, but we can do our part by affecting it either in a positive way or a negative way. That's correct. And then when we find that harmony together, it's going to be beautiful. And, and I hope that, if anything, our listeners will know that we do have an opportunity to have victory over a critical spirit. Jim, I want to thank you for the time that you have shared with us today, and I hope that you will join us again in a future episode. But for now, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on Critically Speaking. God bless. If you would like more information about Critically Speaking, contact Free Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. Or email us through our website at 3abn.org.